Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you on the Monday evening where we will continue our reflections into the book of Genesis. It really is an honor that you are taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to me, uh, whether you are listening to this program live at 530 uh, on Monday evening or if you are tuning in by way of podcast, especially in the countries of uh, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Portugal, France, Spain. I continue to see all of you on the grid, uh, Croatia, India, Turkey, South Africa. It really is an honor that you are taking time out of your busy schedules to spend time with me. It really is uh, convicting <laughs> to know that um, you are out there listening. Now, as I continue to get questions about what I'm talking about, I am pouring all of that time into Thursday. And so I will uh, make a point this week to continue to go through your questions, and if they aren't explicit to what we were talking about in Genesis, that is what I will be talking about on Thursday. Now, that being said, as it relates to where we are going this week, um, especially on Wednesday, Father Mike and I are going to be talking about Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Jumanji. I was on the phone with Father Mike the other day, and uh, we at first were kind of joking around about the idea that Jumanji is doing so well at the box office. And yet, the more we started to talk about it, the more we thought, you want to know what? This should be our entry point to talk about Jumanji's show. So this evening, actually, after I leave this radio studio, we are going to meet and head over to the movie theater, watch Jumanji, give it some reflection, and then uh, bring that to you on Wednesday. So if you are intrigued by that movie and, and maybe what it has to say about life, certainly um, from my initial uh, research, there's actually something there. It's just not a fun movie, but that there's actually some depth there. So anyhow, and that's on Wednesday. As far as tonight goes, we are in the book of Genesis. We are in chapter 9. Now, we will just see how far we get. I think what I'm going to do is read chapter 9, verses 1 to 7, offer up a reflection on what it means to talk about life as a blessing, and then, if we have time, get into the detail of God's bow in the sky. I think when you get into the Hebrew there, there's some fascinating insights that have been handed on through the ages that I would love to reflect with. And, and so hopefully we get into that this evening. If we don't, certainly that'll be the brunt of what we talk about tomorrow. All right, Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the air, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hands they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. For your lifeblood I will surely require a reckoning. 
Of every beast I will require it, and of man, of every man's brother I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. And you be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly on the earth, and multiply in it. Okay, so there in those verses, verses 1 to 7, certainly you hear once again echoes of creation, the first story of creation, be fruitful and multiply. There you have a renewal of blessing and mandate that was given to the first couple at creation, right? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. So here we see Noah becoming a new Adam, right? Who fathers the human family after the flood through his three sons. Remember, when I talked about typology and this tool to interpret the old in light of the new and the, and the new in light of the old, it also applies to a new figure in the Old Testament. Here, you have Noah being a new Adam, as we have a kind of second creation, if you will. I mean, in that phrase, into your hand, does that not reaffirm Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, man's dominion over the animal kingdom? And how about verse 6? As I was just noting, this evening is going to have us talking about uh, life and life as a blessing. In verse 6, we read, His blood be shed. His blood be shed. (laughs) We all know that murder is a crime against the sanctity of human life. And what we really need to think about is how, yeah, man (laughs) is going to be held fully responsible for the destruction of that life. And of course, that includes the unborn. That includes the unborn. Uh, If you were to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is just a beautiful synthesis of the teachings of the Church, I know every faith really has its own catechism, uh, minus Judaism. And, And why, by the way, does not Judaism have a catechism? Well, to some degree, their liturgical calendar is their catechism because of how their readings and, and feast days are, are caught up in their teachings. And this is why we, um, as Catholics, have our liturgical calendar. In many ways, Judaism is the parent to the Catholic Church in this way. So aside of Judaism, every faith has a catechism. And the Catholic catechism is a beautiful synthesis, a really a structured way of looking at the faith. If you were to go into the Catechism, part one, you have the creed. Uh, part two, you have the sacramental economy. So that part that deals with the sacraments. Part three, life in Christ. Part three is all about moral theology. And then, of course, part four, prayer. So part one, you have what is called systematic theology. Part two, sacramental theology. Part three, moral theology. And part four, spiritual theology for those budding theologians out there. So here, I want to turn to paragraph 2258 in part three, okay, where it's talking about you shall not kill, right? So the context for paragraph 2258 and the sanctity of human life is under the umbrella of the fifth commandment, you shall not kill. So this is what paragraph 2258 has to say. Human life is sacred because from its beginning... It involves the creative action of God. 
and it remains forever in a special relationship with the Creator, okay, who is its sole end. God alone is the Lord of life from its beginning until its end. No one can under any circumstance claim for himself the right directly to destroy an innocent human being. So what did we just read in uh, Genesis chapter 9, in those opening verses? But my friends, life is a blessing. <laughs> life itself is a blessing. Now, for this evening, while I was initially preparing a pro-life reflection um, that was going to engage some of the debates, and certainly I've done that on more than one occasion here on the radio, those debates on abortion, my attention just kind of shifted <laughs> into the life of Mary and what she has to teach us about life, in particular with those mysteries of the Annunciation, the Visitation, and, of course, the Nativity, the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, meditating upon those mysteries does really allow us to talk about not only the unborn, and certainly we're going to touch upon that, but also how we are all called to give birth, so to speak, in our everyday life. Meditating upon mysteries such as the, the Annunciation, Visitation, and the birth of Christ can, my dear friends, be invaluable. Invaluable. I mean, what is meditation? Again, the, the Catechism in paragraph 2705 says, Meditation is above all a quest. A quest. So really, Mary, in her own quest, helps us to better understand how to meditate. What do I mean by that? Well, remember that in Mary's question, how can this be, right? After the angel Gabriel appears to her and tells her of the news, invites her to be the mother of God, she says, how can this be? I know not man. She's questing. Now, it's interesting when you look at this, and carefully juxtapose this with the narrative of Zechariah. Why? Because Zechariah also receives an annunciation. But how does Zechariah's response differ than Mary's response? In Zechariah's quest, he was questioning in the most contemporary sense in that he was doubting, right? He was doubting in faith. Whereas Mary was questioning in that more true literal sense. The word question comes from the Latin that best translates as to quest, to seek to understand. So Mary was on a quest. She was seeking to understand. There was this quality of meditation, if you will. Certainly you also had a lot of vocal prayer, but there is an aspect of what we were talking about going on as it relates to the quest. So meditation is above all a quest where the mind seeks to understand the, the why and the how of the Christian life in order to adhere and respond to what the Lord is asking. Mary's just saying, hey, I'm trying to understand the why and the how, right? And what is required of any good meditation but attentiveness, attentiveness. And as the Catechism notes, you know, we are usually helped by what but books, sacred scripture, particularly uh, the Gospels, but also icons. There's a very distinct relationship between 
meditation and contemplation. What is contemplation? Contemplation, contemplatio means the act of looking at. You know, you, you contemplate the deeper meaning of Christ with the aid of an icon. And as you do, you meditate with that, right? So we use sacred scripture, spiritual books, holy icons. And as we do, we use those to go deeper into the life of Christ. What have I said about sacred scripture? Um, echoing St. Jerome, of course, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. So we meditate upon the life of Christ so as to better understand how Jesus wants to reveal himself to us. And a way of doing this is the rosary. Now, I speak of the rosary here because the rosary is comprised of 20 different mysteries tied to the life of Christ. My dear friends, the rosary is nothing more than a meditation on the life of Christ. And certainly in some of those mysteries, you have a reflection into Mary's role in that life, a role that always has her pointing back to her son. For this evening, and for the larger discussion points, we want to consider the first what we know as three joyful mysteries, the Annunciation, Visitation, and Birth of Our Lord. So when you look at these mysteries, and you bring them together, really much insight can be gained on life itself. I mean, the Annunciation, Visitation, and Nativity are moments when Mary illustrates for us that her threefold acceptance is one of what? But life. She conceives life freely through her great yes, that we also know as her great fiat. She rejoices in the developing child in her womb when she visits her cousin Elizabeth. She exults in the birth of her son. Now, the visitation, which of course the Nativity and Annunciation enfold, allows the promise of the Annunciation to be realized in the birth of Christ. And we make this point because what we are intended to see there is that life itself is a continuum. Right? We don't live life in a box. We are made to see life itself as a continuum. And so we better order our lives that way. When the angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she conceived Christ, how did she respond? But by saying, let it be done unto me according to thy word. In many ways, and, and we should uh, consider this because we are in the book of Genesis and we have been reflecting into creation that her thy will be done is the human fiat that complements what? The very fiat of creation, let there be light. Thy will be done, so it is. <laughs> let there be light, so it is. And in so many ways, Mary's response with the backdrop of God's let there be light should be seen as a kind of prototype for our own personal response that is profoundly Christian. Now, Mary's fiat or, you know, let it be done unto me is the welcoming of acceptance of what? Life. Life. We ought to express our gratitude We've talked about gratitude a lot here on the radio, right? We, we ought to express our gratitude to Mary for freely permitting our Savior to come into the world when we recite our own, Thy will be done. 
as contained in the Lord's Prayer, as contained in the Our Father. Every time we pray the Our Father, who are we echoing? But Mary, of course. And to some degree, God himself in the creation narrative. Thy will be done. When we say thy will be done, we are also saying at the same time, let there be light. Let the light of Christ shine in and through me. And that acceptance of thy will be done or let there be light is one that is filled with robust life. Huh? These modest fiats lead to what? All of those little incarnations in our life. All of those tiny movements where God wants to move and shake us. Uh -huh. And remember what I have said about the Annunciation in the past, specifically to Mary's let it be done unto me. That Greek is a very explosive, uh, robust Greek that expresses Mary's desire to do God's will. So it's not this kind of, okay, I guess I'll do this, God. Ah, why do I have to do this? It's none of that. It's none of that. It's this excitement. Yes, yes, I want to do this. I mean, think of the last time you were excited about doing something. That was Mary's fiat a thousandfold. She arose and went. She did because she was excited to do God's will. And yeah, did she question? What did we just say about that? She questioned within the context of seeking to understand. I want to understand. That's fair game. And that's what theology is all about. Faith seeking understanding. Okay. What about this aspect of nourishing the word? The Annunciation, Visitation, and Nativity represent respectfully the antithesis of being uh, for abortion or what is today termed wrongful birth. This is the opposite. And this is why it's so important to reflect into the life of Mary, because when you do so and into the life of Christ, you can just begin to see how one is, is the polar opposite of the other. And while some of you might be saying, well, that's obvious, Joe, ah, be careful with that, because there are a lot of people trying to quote Scripture to say that abortion is okay. So these three mysteries welcome the word, nourish it, and again, deliver it into the world. So Mary invites us to hear, to cultivate, and to express the word, give birth to the word, thereby urging all of us to build a nest for the word. In this way, we can, again, reenact the mysteries on a daily basis. Prayer. What was I just saying about meditation? Meditatio, right? That quest. And good works. Prayer and meditation and good works parallel the Annunciation, Visitation, and Nativity. Through prayer, we are disposed to hear the Word of God. Through meditation, we, in that quest, clarify what it means for us. And of course, through good works, we put it into practice. Now, in the light of all this, we can, I think, begin to see the inherent message of continuity that lies within these three mysteries and how it points to an affirmation of life itself. Again, putting this into the context of abortion. Our response to those struggling 
whether or not to have an abortion, should always affirm the beauty of life and strengthen our resolve to minister to those women who have lost sight of the fact that they can have a, a fruitful relationship with God by listening to Him, cultivating trust in Him, and bringing into the world an expression of God's love. So often when women are going through that decision process, they are thinking about the opposite for one reason or another, and there's a hundred, if not a thousand reasons. But this is why what I'm talking about right now is so important to bring into the discussion that which belongs to the beautiful, in essence, my friends, that which belongs to God, life itself. There are many points that can be brought up now. We don't have time to get into all of them. Apologetics are important. Remember, the word apologetics literally translates as an entryway. So the entryway is very important. But it can't be the end. Because it is about bringing a message of hope and continuity to a very fragmented world. We live in a world that is in chaos. The world is good. God said what? Yeah, what I've done, it's, it's pretty good, right? But Satan uses the world against God. And as such, over time, it has become a fragmented world. It's still good, you know, but it's fragmented. And the way in which we, we bring about a deeper sense of what is still good is with that message of hope and the continuity that lies within those three mysteries of the Annunciation, Visitation, and Nativity as I've been talking about it. It is all about helping people acquire some measure of order in their lives so that they can begin to see what they have been made to see. Here, one encourages purity because for those who are pure of heart, they see God. And I think if there's anything that Benedict XVI would want us to see is that the message of hope is one that encourages that all-important beatitude of purity. It instills a sense of want and desire to do God's will. Yes, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I have hope that what I'm going through right now actually has a positive end. This is why we need to witness to faith, my friends, because we can become that Jesus that is the hope. What does 1 Peter 3.15 say? Give reasons for the hope that is inside of you. All right musing on what I'm talking about in, in these three mysteries and their relationship to the unborn. The Annunciation, the Visitation, the Nativity are obviously opposed to abortion and, and infanticide. But their positive implications are so far-ranging. They remind us, you and I, to listen to the Word of God as He speaks to our hearts to again meditate on it so that we come to understand more clearly what He expects us to do. And finally, to incarnate in the world so that others will be its beneficiaries. My dear sisters in Christ, if you are someone who is struggling in the decision on whether or not to have an abortion, I am not even beginning to pretend to sit here and tell you I understand your situation, because I don't. But what I would gently encourage you to consider is that the life inside of you is not a blob of tissue, but a beating heart. And all of the world can be a beneficiary of the heart 
that beats inside of you. Just as the world was the beneficiary of the heart that was beating inside the womb of Mary. Okay. And my message to all men out there on this issue, be a man. Be a man of God and don't acquiesce to the culture of death, but be a man of life. Be accountable, responsible. What does God say? Be fruitful and multiply. Even if the circumstances are not the ideal. And again, I can't pretend to be sitting here and, and know all of those circumstances. But take all of those circumstances, those very unideal circumstances, and give them to God. Let him speak to you. Don't let the world that has been fragmented speak to you. It's only going to communicate more fragmentation. Let the God of order speak to you. That would be my encouragement to you this evening. Okay, I'm looking up at the clock, and uh, <laughs> we reflected on this for a little more than I anticipated, but that's okay. I think what we will do tomorrow evening is take up the bow in the sky. That will kind of allow us a more holistic evening, right, without any interruptions to consider the significance of the rainbow being a bow, that in the Hebrew, it also translates as like a hunter's bow, and we ask the question, is there any relevance to that? And I would argue yes, <laughs> okay. Um, anyhow, if you have any questions, comments, observations, please don't hesitate to email me at jholljmj at yahoo.com, or if you just want to reach out to me to talk about something that you are going through, I would love to have that conversation. I really would. It would be an honor to journey with you in any way, shape, or form. Wherever you are at, I noted from the outset that, you know, I have listeners all over the world, and if you are one who is listening on a podcast from Croatia or Portugal or wherever it might be, don't hesitate to email me. It's actually exciting for me to see that, uh, you are reaching out to me from another country. With that, let us close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.